Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many. I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is Suzanne Kohlberg. She is an author and coach who helps overgivers and people pleasers to learn to set boundaries and say no without feeling like a bitch. Suzanne is known for her straight talking and her wacky t-shirts. She lives in Sydney, Australia with her husband and two awesome children. Suzanne, welcome to the space. Thank you so much for having me, Hollis. I am so happy that you're here and you have to tell everybody what time it is because I am so amazed at what time you're on the air to do this. Oh, thank you. It's 6 a.m., which is not too bad for me. <laughs> I've done earlier. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is an honor. I am so happy that you're here. So before we dive in, Suzanne, and learn more about you and all of this good stuff, do you have any fun facts or anything that you'd like to share before we dive in? Oh, fun facts. This is where I can blame the it's too early thing for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Fun fact. Okay. I'm originally from Tasmania which is the small islands down the bottom of Australia, which gets left off of, you know, many, many maps. Mm -hmm. And uh, most questions I have from people um, is, do Tassie devils really spin? Do you remember that cartoon with Taz? Oh, my God, yes. And the first time I asked was asked that, I thought they were having a lend, like having a joke. But I've been asked that so many times now. I'm like, wow, some people are really serious. <laughs> So the fun fact is, no, Tassie Devils do not really spin. <laughs> Thank you for that. I've always been wondering. <laughs> so funny. Isn't it funny? And then when people ask you, they think that they're the first person that ever asked. Oh, yes. Yes. I, I think I was reading someone's memoir recently. Oh, and they were an actor and they were saying wherever they went, somebody's like, oh, do you want to eat fried chicken? Because that's what their character had in the show. And they were, it's like everybody thought it was the biggest joke, but they didn't realize I got it everywhere I went. <laughs> it's like, so oh, freaking true. Oh, my gosh. I had a, a business where um, 
we use clay as an alternative uh, alternative therapeutic approach. And one of the things we did besides going out and working with individuals using clay as expression was people came and took classes. So if I had a dollar for every time that people said, oh, is it like the movie Ghost? Where, and <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. My business partner and I at the time were like, yeah, we'd rent the studio out for, you get the studio. We don't need to be there for your ghost experience. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Oh dear, that never even occurred to me, but oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, everybody, like their eyes would just get big. Is it just like ghosts? Anyway, okay, so one more quick question before we uh get into the nitty-gritty so are you ready for your would you rather question oh yes okay suzanne would you rather be chronically underdressed or overdressed oh what a question because i'd go chronically underdressed I'm a slob, like, but it's funny. <laughs> I'm thinking about my son. He's seven and we had a play date yesterday because at the time we're recording this, it's the summer holidays in Australia. Mm-hmm. And um, he got a suit for Christmas full with uh, bow tie and, you know, the works. He's, as I said, he's seven. And his friend's coming over and I'm like, you know, don't you think you're a bit, like, that's a bit extra? And he's like, no, I look fabulous. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'd be the opposite, just, like, underdressed. So... <laughs> It's a household of extremes here. <laughs> oh my gosh, I totally love that though. Isn't that funny? I mean, just yesterday. So he was so proud of himself. How was his friend? What was his friend's reaction? Was there one? Oh, yes. She was kind of like, she looked him up and down and she was a bit like, wow. And then the mother was like, so is he giving wine or um, <laughs> or a magic show? And I'm like, well, why not both? <laughs> so, <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't sarcastic. It was you know because he had the little thing over his arm, like like the like butlers do. Um, we, we don't have I don't know what they actually use. So he just got a tea towel. Speaking of creative, so he'd folded up this tea towel and had it over his arm. So he's like, welcome. Would you like something to eat? Oh and then while God. they're having the thing, he rolled it up the tea towel and turned it into a chicken. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Where <laughs> oh you my gosh! Fold it in half and then pull the ends and then turn it into a chicken. So I was like, yeah, he's kind of, he, he's a, it's an all service uh, play date here. <laughs> oh my gosh, seven years old. That is insane. I love it. Yes, he's, he's forever entertaining. Oh my gosh. So, yes, I, I, I huh, there was, a, oh, I know what I was going to say. My brain just kind of went for a minute. Um, our son, when he was four, uh, he fixated on bow ties. Um, I I, I think it, and ties in general. So I think it was three to four was his tie phase. And uh, my mom is actually listening. She's, she's online right now. So I want to welcome her uh, and all those with us live. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Any questions or comments, please feel free to put them in the chat box, but he would um, change out his tie. And sometimes it wasn't just one tie, but two ties at the same time. Oh, well, this is the question we had yesterday. He's like, why can't I wear a bow tie? And I don't know what you call a normal full length tie, just a tie yeah. at the same time. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's just not going to happen. And I was trying to show him <laughs> like under the collar and everything. But yeah, as I said, from chronically overdressed <laughs> to chronically <laughs> underdressed, it's like, oh yeah, I'm wearing pants. Like that, that loo, um <laughs> in the same household. <laughs> Our kids teach us so much, don't they? Oh, they certainly do. Oh man. Okay. So let's dive in, Miss Suzanne. And 
I am actually going to, I'm loving these audio effects that I have lately. Let's get some cheering going on. Let's do this. Here, here we go. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Yay. So, yes, audience. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Suzanne, how do you define creativity? This is a fabulous question because my brain initially goes to being a young kid at school and there's the people who are gifted with like art being able to draw being able to make stuff with clay speaking <laughs> with a non-ghost mm -hmm. experience but mm -hmm. you know we tend to be at some stage of school categorized as the creative or other <laughs> mm -hmm. and i always definitely fell into the other category and i remember um when I first went into high school, we, we had this new art teacher and she was like, everyone can do art. Like, and my, my mind was opening. I was like, wow. And then six weeks into the class, she was like, except you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so man. It was like, oh, I've, I've never been particularly um, creative. But then my sister She's one of these ones and she actually runs a, a scrapbooking um, card making shop now and does all sorts of off the page, like massively creative things. And it was kind of like my family's joke is that she got all the creative stuff. Um, mm. But I just I think it's fascinating that we categorize ourselves from such a young age into those who, you know, the athletic or the non-athletic, the artistic or the non-artistic. And we make such a binary or, 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 you know, at least in our society here, such a binary decision. And yeah. it wasn't until I was older that I was like, because I love to write. So it's like mm -hmm. creativity is beyond just the arts. Like some people are creative, uh, like my husband creatively puts together meals. It's like, what, what is this combination? Like you look at it, you're like, that's never going to work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you sit down to eat it and you're like, this is fabulous. Mm -hmm. Um I'm, I'm creative with words. So, you know, I've written a book and my son is just creative with everything. As I said, his outfits, uh, we also, he got bored on school holidays. He's like, he found this big box and all sorts of paper. He's like, can I have all this? So I'm like, sure. And I could hear the sticky tape going and I go out an hour later and he's created Big Ben. So we now have a, a Big Ben <laughs> in, in, our, in our house. But it's like, allowing for me I define creativity as allowing your expression to flow in whatever medium um, presents itself for you for some people it'll be food words music dance um, you know traditional art just yeah everybody has it but it's mm. tapping into the way it, it shows up and presents for you mm. it resonates so much and that's the whole mission of my company so thank you for um, you know validating all of that but first, I want to say I'm sorry for that art teacher that said that to you, because at the time we joke about it, but this stuff really sits with people. Oh, and I've been in many, many scenarios, leading professional developments, working with adults. Um, and I also have worked with kids for 30 years and people hold on to things and people hold on to people's words. And I couldn't agree with you more that in school, so often kids get the labels, that would make me nuts. Teachers would bring down the kids to the classroom and before we walked in and we were getting everybody set, many times a teacher would say, oh, the artists of the classroom, do you wanna see what they did? And I was thinking, oh my God, stop. 
Like, yes, that person should be recognized and acknowledged, but don't put that label because every other person now doesn't see themselves as that because you labeled them that. Yes. And it's not meaning that we have to be so inclusive, this whole politically correct thing where everybody does this. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about everybody has some way that they express themselves. And like, just like you said, and you shut people down when you put that label of this is what creativity is, then people at a young age will not see themselves as that. 100%, yes. Yeah, it's a passion and you said it so well. So could you please take us on a journey? Um, I call this attention over givers and over pleasers. You have so much to share. There's so many parts of you. So wherever you would like to start, kind of take us to where you've been to where you are now. Well, it's tying it into creativity. When you're a, a people pleaser, and you're given a label then you're like I don't want to upset the status quo so it's like okay I'm not creative then I won't um I I won't not that you won't try but you won't you won't push back against it so I remember being young it's like okay I'm not an artist hmm I'm certainly not athletic (laughs) (laughs) by Mm -hmm. any way shape or form and it, it's just really interesting that um, other people's labels so, I don't want to use the term carelessly, thoughtlessly, without, yeah, without, thoughtlessly is in without a thought, not as in people meaning to mean harm, say, well, I don't think that. And then you're like, oh, okay. So you kind of mould to other people's self-concept of, of who you are. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. Or you come from this family. So like I'm the youngest of four. So to be like, oh, you're this person's sister and have already have a preconceived idea of what you're going to be good at, which I find fascinating, mm. especially now I have two children um, who are vastly different. Thus far, they've had different teachers. It's something I've been mindful of. But I've even considered sending them to different schools so that doesn't happen because the person, you know, is their own. And when you fit a label that someone else has given you and you're not... Um, I don't want to say not strong, but you just kind of want to keep the peace. You just kind of, you kind of sit with it. So growing up, it was kind of like, you know, when someone said, this is what you do, but what people did tell me well was that I was smart. So in that one, I certainly lived up to that, excelled academically. And it wasn't until I was an adult that I was kind of like, I'm doing these things. Like I went to medical school. You're smart. You should become a doctor. I was miserable. Like... Mm the hours, the time away from my, my boyfriend slash fiance, now husband. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And then looking at, I'm not saying that you can't have a family, like a lot of people who are doctors have a family that, you know, they have it all, but it was like, this isn't the life that I want to lead, like working ridiculously long hours. And even though I do, but something I'm passionate (laughs) about now, but as you know, working, you fall into habits and rhythms that can be really hard to pause and question and ask and even when you become a parent like you tend to parent either I believe the way that your parents did because that what you were modeled or completely the opposite mm-hmm. <laughs> but not actually taking the time to to pause and ask do I do I want to do this like as I said my son with his suits he's quite eccentric and people will often 
as in family say to me, oh, you know, should he be doing that or should you be encouraging this? And I'm like, 100% now because I have the the grit and the stones to be like, no, this is who he is. Mm. But if I had followed along the path that I was on, I would never let him be as flamboyant or whatever as what he was because don't you don't disrupt the status quo. You just be like everybody else. Right. But you reach a point where you're like, I'm doing all the, the things, in inverted commas, that I'm supposed to do, but I don't feel how I'm supposed to feel. Mm. And it's just making the, the moment and realising, like, I think for many people pleasers, overgivers, we're so afraid of disappointing people, but we never question about how we're disappointing ourselves. Mm. And it's like I've got this life that on the outside looks wonderful, you know, Insta-ready or Facebook highlight reel or whatever, but inside it's like what is happening here? And to take a moment and reassess everything and step back from that and to start to say to people, no, actually that doesn't work for me or I'm not available for this or I don't want to do this anymore and to do things that to externally look crazy. It's like you you left medical school to to, to what? <laughs> You, you know, mm-hmm. And now it's like, you're a life coach. What even is that? When are you going to go and get a real job? And like all the external things, it's like, yeah, but I'm happy. I set my own hours. I work when I want to. I'm free to go to all the children's things. And then now it's like school holidays. Another reason I love working at 6am because my kids aren't even awake yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then once I finish this and the kids will be waking up, I get the day with them, like the freedom and flexibility to live your own life on your own terms and not um, give in to like what is the adult equivalent of peer pressure is when you really start to shift from people pleaser and overgiver to starting to heal that <laughs> oh my gosh there's so much gold in there of what you said and what's kind of sticking with me right now and pointing out is that when you realize that it's not feeling right when you actually acknowledge that yeah like you said I'm doing everything that looks good. Everybody thinks, oh, she's the perfect wife. It's, you know, you're doing that because you are smart and all of these things in ways that people see you. But when you are people pleasing and you're giving so much and you're doing all of that, but it doesn't feel good, it makes you freaking miserable. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. It's like that simple, but that complicated. That's, there's so many layers mixed up into that. I'm just thinking of, you know, any big goals people have in life. So I used to weigh twice what I do now. And mm-hmm. um, another thing, overgivers and people pleasers tend to overconsume in some way, whether it be overeating, overdrinking, um, shopping, social media, you know, some form of over, that's their outlet. You give so much to others. And then, like, basically, I believe giving and receiving like inhaling and exhaling you can't have one without the other so when Mm. you overgive and you say yes to everybody else there reaches a point that the balance for that is over consuming so people will often get to the end of the day stay up late eat heaps watch scroll and then they beat themselves up and try and work out what diet or what exercise plan or what you know what thing do i need to do to beat myself into submission it's like, actually, you just need to start saying no to people mm-hmm. <laughs> because then you can say yes to yourself. So when I slowly over three years released that weight, so 78 kilograms, which is 171 pounds, which is like an entire wow. person. Wow. People always tell me, oh, you must feel, you must feel amazing. You must feel this. And it's so funny that nobody 
often really wants to hear the truth. And it's like, actually, it doesn't feel like physically, yes, sleep better, have less pain, like all these sorts of things. But I'm still me. I just take up less space. We think that when we lose the weight, have the husband, you know, make the money, whatever it is, then we'll feel confident or happy or whatever. And it's like, no, you'll feel exactly the same. It's just your your security blanket or your, your thing, your food is taken away. And it's just kind of like, oh, now I actually have to feel. This kind of sucks. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah. So, so many layers. Yeah. yeah, so many layers. I mean, there are so many things that you just said in that, that again, it's people's perceptions. Um, and I don't know, do you find that there's kind of an uncomfortableness in a sense like when you lost all the weight, that people don't know exactly what to say. Oh my gosh. People don't know what to say. People say the stupidest things when stupidest they don't know what things. to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also they don't know how to relate to you anymore. So yes. like some people will feel judged. That's another thing. When you finally get your act together and go, I'm done with people pleasing, overgiving, like, you know, people are going to have opinions about this version of you like oh you're selfish or you're not going to want to do things with me anymore or you know what you kind of make inadvertently make them question their own choices and decisions like so if <laughs> i go out with people now i honestly don't care what they eat and i don't even look but people will be like oh my goodness like you know she's going to be judging me or she's going to be this and i'm like i'm the most unhealthiest healthier person ever because like i believe many of us we don't actually need to follow any diet or exercise plan we just need to eat less like you know <laughs> portion mm -hmm. size but not portion control none of that just kind of cut it back so i still enjoy all the things but just not to excess mm -hmm. but um the same as when you start business like um, i'm there's there's often things that you you gather together people to start out your adventure with whether it be a loss journey or a business journey or um you know a savings journey a, a, you know like when you go you see it clearly if you enroll in say a university or a, some sort of course we start the course together like that is a clear example of it but there's mm -hmm. other places in our life where we enlist people and then some people will keep going and some people will drop off and the people who drop off will have opinions and you know people are entitled to them but as people pleasers we can be like oh i don't want to leave anyone behind or i don't want this so sometimes we can drop off our own journey or path but the thing is you could flip that so much the other way yes yeah, some people will be unhappy but some people will also be inspired they'll be like oh wow like if yes. she could do it i could do it and it kind of reminds me of that i was listening to something it was a it was a horrible study actually they had monkeys and they mm -hmm. sprayed water on them or something and then they started swapping out the monkeys so in the beginning they had all the monkeys they sprayed water on if one of them tried to reach for a banana have you heard about this no so it was, a, it was literally a study and they they had all these monkeys in like a as i said i do not support the ethics or anything of this but the underlying thing of it and they had the banana and whenever they reached for the banana they sprayed the monkeys oh. so the monkeys learned not to reach for the banana then what they started to do was swap out the monkeys so they had um basically 
ones that had never experienced the spraying but as they reach for the banana the other monkeys would pull them back like don't do that because you're going to get sprayed and eventually they had a whole cohort of monkeys who had never been sprayed like they'd never had the effects of this happen but they'd had the conditioning from the other ones and i think Mm -hmm. you know as humans we do this too it's like don't don't shine bright don't stand out don't you know put a target on your back because other people will say things or have opinions or, or whatever and it's kind of we we learn to be like not rock the boat or not follow our things because you know people might be disappointed or left behind or or whatever and so we stay small too and I think with creativity it's such a, a, a big thing because I remember being young it's funny I wanted to be a ballerina I think all young girls want to be a ballerina <laughs> mm-hmm. and my mum saying oh you're too heavy and my dad saying um oh so few people make it like why try and I just mm. remember like when, whenever something came up it was like oh and then very recently so I've got an older child as well she's nine she wanted to start gymnastics I was like yeah sure okay we'll find a, a I don't know what they call it, a studio, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we went along mm-hmm. and after her first lesson, she comes home. She's like, mom, I want to go to the Olympics. And I remember mm-hmm. my very first thought, I didn't say it out loud, I didn't voice it. Thankfully, it was like, oh, you're too old. Like, and I'm thinking, Suzanne, she's nine. But just right. that conditioning, like if you want to be an Olympic gymnast, you need to start at like three or something. Right. And I was like, why not? If she wants to be an Olympian, let's go. She, just because it hasn't been done before doesn't mean it can't be done so now we've got this little mat and we practice in the backyard every afternoon and <laughs> so she she may or may not do it or may change her mind next year but I think sometimes we dissuade people because so few people do it that right. like why couldn't they be the one yes and it's I think it's also a lot about trust it's trusting mm. it's you're showing by her saying that out loud you're getting excited for her. And then she's feeling the excitement, just like this opposite of the monkeys being sprayed. So she's feeling good about it. And then you're right, for however long it lasts, whether it really is a thing that she's mm. very motivated to do or whether it's temporary, it's not It's not cutting out the chances at all. It's you're showing and trusting her that she has. she's valid in however she feels and um what she thinks yeah and and then you have that connection together um so it's a beautiful thing it's especially in having whether you're doing this with your kids or whether it's just for you i really as i've gotten older i really do see that it is so much about it, it is so much about that about trusting trusting who we are trusting, giving ourselves permission to mess up, (laughs) giving ourselves permission (laughs) to just try and be like, okay, that was fun. I kind of sucked at that, but that was fun. Like when you said that the art teacher said that about you, when I was getting a master's in art education, um, we took art classes as well as along with, you know, the other courses. And uh, I took a bookbinding class. And I was just in awe of this teacher. She was very clean cut. And with book binding, you can't be like an eighth of an inch off. Like everything has to be very precise. And I am not a precise person. Um, <laughs> on those. So she's like, like she would stand so tall and all of her clothes were pressed. And, you know, when she did things, everything was. So when we had our critiques, 
she said something very similar. We kind of went for the critique and she's like, well, this isn't for everybody. And then I was kind of like, screw you. What I did for my um, final book was I made like a Flintstones book out of clay and I did, I did tablets. And um, then I had someone help me build a frame out of wood and the tablet slid into the book. So I was like, you know what? I had got to the point where I trusted myself to be like, I'm doing it in my own way and I don't care. That sounds amazing. <laughs> but it could have gone any way. You know, at first I did feel bad about myself because that hurts when somebody's like, well, it's not for you. You're like, really? I'm not good enough? Yeah, I think that's the thing. We we have this fundamental, we take someone else's words to mean I'm not good enough. And yes. I think, you know, for the people please and over give a journey, the biggest lesson for me is like, I'm always good enough. Like my self-worth does not come into question whether the thing I'm trying to create works or not is a different story. So it's like, you know, when you're a coach and you're launching a program and your launch isn't going how you hoped and we can be like, oh, I'm a failure. And it's like, no, 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 I'm amazing. <laughs> mm -hmm. This isn't going how I'd hoped. So what can I learn from this so that next yeah. time it, it goes better? But, you know, you, or if you're making something like when I'm watching my son create Big Ben and I'm thinking about the mess we're going to have to clean up. But thankfully, he's actually quite tidy at the end, too. But mm -hmm. he's like, it didn't turn out how he hoped, but he's not sitting there going, oh, it's a failure. He's like, oh, so I thought that I'd be able to move these hand things here, but that doesn't work. So then I'm like, well, we're going to need some split pins. And he's like, well, what are those? And I'm like, well, here, you know, so he's yeah. got that mindset of how can I learn from this to do it? Yes. better differently more how I hoped next time whereas somewhere along the way we lose that and go well because it didn't turn out how I hoped I'm a failure the end hard stop yeah. and it's like no no you're always awesome that the things that you're doing may or may not go how you hoped but even if they don't go how you hoped you learn something like my son's also um he, he's he's on the spectrum so he struggles a lot academically learning mm -hmm. to read learning to spell and I'm like but whenever you spell something wrong well, wrong, according to official norms of how it's spelled. Like often I look at it, I'm like, that makes total sense. Like it's right. how it sounds. He wrote right. something, I can't remember what it was recently. And I looked at it and I was like, sounding it out right, like, you know, it looked perfect, but it was totally wrong. Mm -hmm. But then you learn from that so that next time you, you're like, oh, no, hang on. There was something, there was some silly rule about E on the end makes the art sound A or whatever that gives him pause so that he, he does it, you know, faster next time. So, and the thing is he learns from this, whereas my daughter is on the opposite end. She's gifted and talented and is doing years above the grade that she's in. She doesn't really mm -hmm. understand how to fail. So I'm like, I'm actually less concerned about him going forward because he knows let's wow. pause, rethink, go again. Whereas yeah. I think, imagine if she got a mark that was wrong, she would, and that was very much my thing too. I was academically gifted and very much encouraged for that. Never had to study or anything because everything came naturally to me and then land myself in medical school. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what is this? And had never learnt the skills to deal with, you know, failure as such. So it's, it's just interesting to look at the ways that we learn and the things that we create and what we can learn from that when things don't go how we planned. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm looking at the time and I'm thinking we could just spend like two hours just talking <laughs> about this, but I want you to tell people about your book that you have that you already created because here earlier, which is, this is going to lead into the second question 
um, after you kind of give more explanation on this, but writing is always something that came naturally to you. So tell us about the book that you wrote and then the book, the book or books that you plan on. Oh, yes. Um, creating. So the book that I've, I've written and published, it's called, I can't remember if cursing is allowed on your show. So you can the curse. Beginning You're is, good. Oh, okay. As I say, the beginning is shit. Or as my seven year old says, the beginning is bad word. <laughs> 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 which cracks me up um and it's the tagline is an unapologetic weight loss memoir so it's about my weight journey so the book starts when I was four um and right through to my 30s and it talks about like all the diets that my parents put me on and um the diets I put myself on when I moved out of home and to the point where I'm like I'm just never doing this again <laughs> mm -hmm. and you know looking into mindset and you know why was I really hungry what was I because the thing is if you're not physically hungry food's never going to solve it so that is um my weight loss memoir I'm actually planning at this stage to write three memoirs which cracks some people up they're like you can't write three memoirs I'm like watch me <laughs> <laughs> you can't one is about my weight loss journey the second one I'm planning to write this year is called I've already named it the messy middle and yeah. it's about my entrepreneurial journey <laughs> because mm -hmm. <laughs> so many of us I think we we fall prey to these six figures in 60 days kind of nonsense things and it's like oh wow like this is just no <laughs> mm -hmm. so um a, a entrepreneurial journey and the third one I haven't titled it yet is going to be about my parenting journey um so just I write them from my point of like when I started to write a memoir I remember speaking to a book coach and they're like you can write as in as you're experiencing it. So take the journey, the reader on the journey with you, or you can write it kind of reflecting, little did I know, all this sort of stuff. And for anyone thinking of writing, especially a memoir, my encouragement for you to would, be, would be go and buy or borrow from the library, um, you know, five or six memoirs, have a read of the different styles and see which one you like the most. I ended mm -hmm. up liking the style of, of taking myself back and writing it from that point of view and taking the reader on the journey because I felt more um, in, in ensconced in that version, but my not warning, but my thing would be, I found it harder to write because when I'm young again and these experiences, it kind of felt like opening up my emotional wounds a bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> However, um, it's quite healing, you know, towards the end. But yeah, when you write in the reflection style, like little did I know, or this sort of thing, it kind of lets you off the hook a bit, I believe, as the as the writing experience. But as the reader, it's quite jolting to be like, oh, and suddenly they're current day them, and then I'm six year old them, and then I'm current day them. Mm. So um, that's how I chose to write it. And I'm not sure if I'll write the other two in the same style because, as I said, it's it's quite challenging. But may I haven't. I'm beginning to start starting the next one at the end of this month, so we'll see. But um, yeah, I do quite like the the memoir style. I I really like the approach to this to these memoirs and almost being topics. You know, here was a specifically other things. Of course, are going to be interwoven into it. But your weight loss journey, and then the messy middle with entrepreneur entrepreneurship, and then the parenting journey. I think that's brilliant because it Thank really you. gives because it gives a very strong and there there are topics that you could that are that are juicy there there are these meaty topics that you can really dive into 
And I don't think that there would be, I mean, you're just pulling from different areas in your life. And um, I think that a lot of people would benefit. So when people are like, what are you doing? How could you do that? I totally see how you could do that. And I think it's with anything creative, you do you. Like if it works for you and it aligns to your thing, because like when I was writing the, the weight loss one, some of my parenting did come across into there because becoming a mum, right. you know, was part of my life. But then I was like writing, it's like the thinking of the reader when you're creating a book, it's like some people might not be interested in the depths of this or kind of touched on it. But then I was like, I really want to cover this in, an, in another medium. I was like, oh, right. great, it can be the next book. So that's how it was decided. Right, which makes sense because then when they go to the parenting book, that's what they know they're getting the most juice from. Yes. Even though all these other parts of you are interwoven in stories, you know, in it. But that's why they're specifically going to that one. 100%. So that's the plan. <laughs> so then, okay. So then in the second question, which is, we've touched on this part already. So how do you incorporate more creativity into your own life in all aspects of your life? I think it's important to have an outlet that doesn't have a purpose I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to articulate that better so often uh, when I was growing up we if it didn't have a useful thing there was no point in doing it so it was kind of mm -hmm. like to do something just for the sake of it and I remember um very recently like about two years ago I came across diamond dots have you seen them at all no I don't think so, so. I like the lazy person's cross stitch so basically you got a sticky sheet of paper and then you have these little diamonds that you pick up with like a pen. It's kind of got like wax, like blue tack on the end. And you pick the diamond up and you put it on a sticky back and it holds it there. And um, it's kind of like a paint by numbers cross stitch cross oh, between. Yeah, somebody and did tell me about this a while ago. Okay, continue. Sorry. It was mm -hmm. funny. So my, my, I was visiting my parents. As I said, my parents have a scrapbooking card making shop. And they got them in and my sister was looking at them and she's like, I don't know if these things will ever sell. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll give it a go. And I remember just being enraptured and it was, it was just mind numbing as in like, you know, so many things that I do require a lot of thought, like writing a book, book writing a blog, you know, this I could just tune out and it was just my hands and the flow. And then at the end, you have a gorgeous little thing and I got really obsessed with them. I did about 30. And then I was like, what do I do with them at the end? Some people frame them and I don't have the space on the walls. And mm -hmm. I didn't really, you know, so in the end, I started either donating them because a lot of the um, elderly people's homes and stuff like them, or um, if I couldn't find somebody to don donate to them, just put them in the recycling. And I remember people saying, why do you put hours into these things, like hours and hours and hours, and then there's nothing to show for it at the end. So mm -hmm. I'd take the photo. And I was like, well, why do we do puzzles? Like, why do we do things that we don't, we don't go, oh, well, some people do. They get like the Mod Podge and stick the puzzle together and keep it. But, you know, other people right. roll them up and keep them, put it in the corner, but it's just going to gather dust. But like the creative flow of just doing the thing that allows you to tune out or really tune in because you're tuning in <laughs> to self yes. with, with being detached from it being something at the end. Because like I know when I sit down to write, when I started writing, like I write a weekly newsletter, um, when I started writing that I shared with people, I lost my love of just writing because I was like, oh, who's going to read it or what's the grammar or, you know, what's the, the, what's the point and what's the call to action? Like I lost the love of writing just for the mm. sake of it. 
And -hmm. I think for many of us, when we have a creative outlet that's purely for us and then someone's like, oh, well, you could sell this or you could do this, we can sometimes, like one of my clients, um, she's growing a business currently and she's she's like, oh, I'm going to do this editing course because I like reading, so I might as well get paid to it. And I'm like, well, you still love reading after you're aware of every comma and every full stop and every capital letter. And, you, 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 you know, sometimes, like I'm not saying don't do it, but the importance of incorporating creativity in your life is to have it purely for you yes. and enjoy it for you rather than. And if, if you do make something of it, great. But sometimes I've everything along the way that I've been like, oh, I could turn this into a thing somewhere and even with coaching like I make sure I always have my own coach to manage my own mind as well but Mm -hmm. not so I'm just always doing it for others and not experiencing that firsthand yeah and I think what you were saying too that I tapped into again was mentioning the feeling of it when you said that that's what you're that's what you're tapping into is the feeling that it gives you it's the process when you're mm-hmm. going along in this process and how it feels for you and how in, you know, the joy, the um, expression, the, you know, the, you're just maybe not feeling much, but you're just enjoying, not really feeling much. You're not thinking too much. You have your music on, you don't have your music on, you're moving, whatever it is, it just feels peaceful. It feels calming. It feels all of these things. And that's what it's, a, that's what you remember. Yes. And I love you said the music, the music or a podcast or an audio book, or sometimes I will throw myself under the bus, really mindless TV, like mm-hmm. Survivor or The Bachelor or something that I don't need to watch, but I just <laughs> just listen mm-hmm. while I'm keeping my hands busy and I might look up here and there, but it's just kind of like doing something for the sake of doing it and finding that flow and yeah. then um, and being present in the moment because yeah. otherwise like I wouldn't allow myself to do something like watch Survivor or whatever because, oh, that's not going to do something. So that's why I used to eat because, like, girls got to eat. So unconsciously I'd be like, oh, that's okay. But then if I'm not hungry and I'm overeating because when I'm paying attention to the television, I'm not paying attention to how much I'm eating. But when I diamond dot or keep my hands busy in that way, it's just that full sense of flow that I don't get in many other places. Yeah. So what else do you enjoy doing? Um that gives you this this feeling do you like hiking being say, outside walking, i walk every morning um mm-hmm. when i first wake up and except today because i came here <laughs> but afterwards mm-hmm. um, thank headphones you <laughs> with either audiobook podcast music or sometimes n- no sound just enjoying the um where i'm going i live in the city so it's not like nature as such but it's always interesting like i was walking very recently and they were setting up i'm guessing for a wedding and they was creating a flower arch and they had so just you know pausing and and noticing that because i used to only walk or whatever it's like i've got to get the most bang for my buck in terms of you know get your heart racing or like you know exercise you know and it's like actually i don't enjoy that but i do enjoy just meandering um Mm -hmm. If I'm ever near the water, currently we don't live near the water, I miss that, but like just going to the beach, shoes mm. off, wandering yes. along the sound of the waves, the feel of the sand between your toes, yes. different consistency depending on how close you are to the water's edge, the firmer <laughs> sand and the softer sand. Yes. Um, yeah, I just, I love that. I could do that for hours. We went to the beach for Christmas, uh, actually to the beach on Christmas Day, and it was just fabulous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, it's oh my god, that is the best. The what you just described, of um, especially after it rained, yes. um, after it rains and the sand is like hard, and when you step on it, it crunches. 
Yes. And, and it leaves the footprint to where there's the softer underneath, like more grainy sand and that whole text, that whole textural feel to it. Um, and as you were saying that it was giving me smells, like I, the whole sensory, um, I could just feel it, see it, smell it. And the word that's come up a few times that I've noticed that you said is pausing. Yes. It's a big one. Well, we don't pause much in modern society because we tend to go from task to checking our email, to checking our notifications, to, you know, to whatever, like Facebook scroll. Like we don't, unless we consciously create it, many of us don't have time for like pure pause. Yeah. And I think that's led, led into by a lot of the hustle culture or, you know, overly being productive because, you know, that's rewarded. But it's like when we are active, we also need to be receptive and that doesn't need to be hours. It could truly but just be a couple of moments, like mm -hmm. in between calls or in between a task, taking a moment from your computer, standing outside, inhaling the fresh air, smelling the cut grass, like just giving yourself a moment to pause mm -hmm. rather than always be on to the next thing. Because I think so many of us, we, we try and take a break. So we go and check our email and it's like, that's not actually a break because then you're responding to other people's requests right. in your time. That's not a break right. at all. So, no. um, or we're merely just changing the focus from our own stuff to someone else's stuff, but we're still in front of a screen, even if it's a smaller screen of, of your phone. One thing I have is I don't have email on my phone. Um, it's a deliberate choice on my part because it's like when I have these breaks in time and I also very rarely respond to DMs. I just tell people to email me and then mm -hmm. I consciously choose to e check my email once or twice a day in mm -hmm. the time I allot to it but not to be stuck as a, as a prisoner to the notifications all the time. Creating boundaries. That's mm -hmm. <laughs> what I do. It's what you do to set the boundaries. So before we go to the last question, you kind of gave a little bit of information on this, but so your morning routine. Yes. So I guess you do have one in the sense that you go for a walk. Um, is there anything else that you kind of intentionally set for a morning routine? I do like to journal. So I like to go for a walk. Um, so I wake up, I have like um, apple cider vinegar in water. So and then I go for a walk because it's best to like give your stomach a pause thing there because otherwise I would just make myself a cup of tea or whatever straight up. And mm -hmm. then I get back and I make my cup of tea and then I grab out my journal um, and I spend to just journal for five or ten minutes. It depends if the children are awake or not. So if the kids are awake, um, I don't quite get that time because I like to do that in my own time like I find it harder to journal when I'm <laughs> separating fights or being constantly interrupted look at me look at me look at me <laughs> <laughs> yes yes so you know ideally my morning routine is um walk journal and then I look at like I journal like free write I call it my like brain dump like it's funny mm -hmm. we have a, a physical shower for our body I call that my mental shower so whatever is in my head I get it out I don't read it back it's just kind of like all the stuff and I also try to do that before bed as well. Um, and then I look at like my intentional thoughts, the things that I'm cultivating, the things that I'm um, wanting to bring about. And it's interesting because, you know, we tend to, a lot of us have the negativity bias and, and go towards it. So intentionally creating these thoughts and bringing my mind to them. And it's funny how I do it for a little while and then I throw in the towel, like, you know, as many of us do. And I was talking to my coach the other day and she's like, Suze, if you could do this in a week, it'd be a to-do list, not a goal. So it's just reminding me, like, look mm -hmm. back at these things. Um, and yeah, like the things I'm intentionally creating or the things I'm intentionally wanting to bring about. 
so I do that and then um, yeah usually by then the kids are awake so you know we make breakfast and spend some time together but you know making and then the other thing I do is appreciate so I don't particularly have a good relationship with the term gratitude because whenever I hear it like I, I'm taken back to being a child you should be grateful they're starving children overseas mm. and I feel a lot of shame with the term gratitude Got but it. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate which is basically the same thing um, and I think I have a, that's something I talk about with my clients, word allergies. If there's a word that makes you shudder, like Mufasa <laughs> in The Lion King, you know, the high end is Mufasa. Oh. So if I hear gratitude, I'm like, oh, I shudder. Appreciate, same thing. Um, so then mm-hmm. I make a list of the things I appreciate, but particularly where my goal is. So if my current goal is I want more clients or I want more money or, you know, whatever it is, it's like, okay, cool. Appreciate. What do I appreciate about the clients I have now? What do I appreciate about the money I have now? Like I have enough to you know, pay all my bills and I have a roof over my head and I have power and I have this because, you know, what we appreciate appreciates. Whereas when we're mm-hmm. always looking at the gap and complaining about how there's not enough, I think energetically yeah. that's what we're a match for. So I do those things in the morning. And then sometimes if I'm feeling really good or want a superpower, I do it again before bed, like all the things yeah. I appreciate. And it can be little things. Like um, yesterday I appreciated my son's, you know, three-piece suit outfit thing and I appreciate the creativity of him, you know, making Big Ben. It doesn't have to be like big, long things, just little things that happened. I appreciate that he tidied after his friend left. I just loved that. I was like, oh, thank goodness I don't have to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So did you say the word, did you say word allergies? Word allergies, yes. That's brilliant (laughs) because I think that's really important for people to hear because within this culture, like if you're in this mindset culture or you hear this word often, gratitude, 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 and just to kind of generalize for anything, there are certain words that bug people as individuals. We have these little words where it's like, "Eh," because for whatever reason, it took us back to childhood and we just like got annoyed by that word or somebody said it once that we didn't like or somebody just made fun of us and whatever reason, these words bug us. So, but here on the other side, if they're saying, well, you need to say you're grat- you know, you're grateful. I love that you're really pointing out, replace it, word replacement and use it with something that feels good to you. Those little things are huge. That's like another word allergy I have is affirmations. Like mm-hmm. I believe affirmations is like spraying turds with glitter. Like underneath, you still have all the <laughs> negative baggage. But I like right. intentional thoughts, which is you know very similar. But yeah, you know, I could talk about the nuances of difference. But yeah. like if I'm like, I remember when I first was trying to release the weight, and I had affirmations like I love my body. I hated my body. Like as soon right. as I said it out loud, I wrote it down or forced myself to do it in the mirror. No, I don't. That didn't get me anywhere. Mm-hmm. But you know, having a bridging statement like I have a body. It's like, well, I can't argue with that. I do. So it's like you're kind of making the, the thought that you would love to feel and then the thought that you do feel and looking at what are some bridging thoughts along the way that you see mm-hmm. you can take away that full negative annotation with it so and, and, and move your way along or just accepting like, you know, I could do some work on gratitude or I could just change it. So and the same with um, affirmations. It's like, no, I have a word allergy. I'm going to replace that or other things. It's kind of like what do I want to work my way along to. Mm -hmm. oh my gosh okay so (laughs) so great so we're getting to the top of the hour um so the third and final question is a little repetitive but at the same time i feel like it's kind of puts a little bow on it all which is why do you think creativity is important 
it, it's a it's the great differentiator because so often we we can be conditioned like i'm thinking at school you know to be very much sameness school with a uniform you wear the same mm. uniform in the same way like if you tie your bow in a different way it's like no no it has to be done like this or if you're being graded on a paper there's a right answer or a wrong answer and you know that we are so much celebrated for sameness in so many areas whereas mm-hmm. creativity celebrates the differences or the uniqueness and also it opens up like so some I'm thinking of my children like my son's like oh we could do this and then my daughter's like and this and then this and then this and it feeds off each other um and there's so many things that can be done easier or smoother if we're open to being creative like I remember when we first moved here we've been here nearly four years now um, and the kids started to school I only knew one way to get there because we were new in the town and this made the most sense and then as we started exploring on our walks and our you know daily thing we found a few back roads so we managed to cut 10 minutes off the walk when you've got two kids who don't particularly want to walk anyway like mm-hmm. by being creative and just wandering around and stuff and finding new ways to do things you can find efficiency because I believe creativity is often you know poo-pooed because well you know what's that going to produce because we're in such a productive world and it's like by spending the time wandering around this suburb and exploring all the back alleys and nooks and crannies we found this path that that saves us 10 minutes a day but that was never our intention by doing it I think sometimes allowing ourselves to stumble across things that make our lives easier or not even easier but just more fun like it's going to the beach and you know experiencing the textures and the sand or the smells before the rain and stuff it celebrates our differences and get to see what different people like about things rather than the sameness so something we do in our family every night before dinner as we say you know what we what we're thankful for for that day and what Mm -hmm. i love about that is say we've done something as a family like i'd be thinking oh the kids will be thankful that we went to a movie or the kids will be thankful that you know, whatever. But it's so funny that you're usually thankful for, I loved the train ride, like the part that I couldn't stand. I was like, oh, it's all the people and the noise and smell and whatever. And so it just opens your eyes up to to our yeah. differences. Like, you know, as an adult, I tend to be focused on like the movie or the event, the thing that we're doing. But my kids yes. most love, it's like when you give them a gift and they like the box more than the inside of it. So freaking true. Creativity gives you that avenue to explore um, the nuances. God, you just made me think of um, our kids were probably, I don't know, I'm guessing maybe it was like 14 and 17 at the time. I don't know. And I just had this idea to get a cake and um, have them eat it with their hands. They couldn't use utensils. So this is just kind of what I envisioned in my head. So I went and got the cake and I kind of told them, we're going to do something. We're going to do something. And they're like, what are we going to do? So I took the cake out. I put it on the table. They're like, okay, <laughs> like it's nobody's birthday or anything. I'm like, I said, we're going to eat the cake with our hands. You can't <gasps> use utensils. <sighs> and they're like, what is your problem? <laughs> they're, they're like, what did you make this whole big thing about? Like, oh my God, it's going to be something huge. It's going to be this big thing. We're going to do something different. And you bring out a cake and you want to see it with our hands. I was like, yeah, I think it'll be fun. And 
they kind of at first awkwardly, they just looked at each other and then they just kind of started digging their hands in. And then they started, I started taking pictures and then they started laughing and then they started, it just turned into an experience. So, but originally, initially when they said that I got all excited about the concept. And then when they said, Oh my God, like, what are you making such a big deal about? Then I was like, Oh my God, am I stupid? <laughs> like, Am I am I doing something that really isn't that exciting? It was kind of that peer pressure thing. But then when I saw, and even when I go back and look at the pictures, I'm like, that was just fun. Yes. It's like, did you do or have over there the cake smashes when kids turn one? No. So at least we didn't here. do that. It's yeah. Here. Um, so you get a fancy cake and then you put your one-year-old in like a fancy outfit and then have a photographer there. And just let them go. And I remember my daughter, oh. I got her a fairy outfit and wings. They had this unicorn cake made and whatever. And she just sat there and she just kind of looked at it. <laughs> and then I, was, I gave her a wooden spoon. I gave her whatever. And she just kind of looked at it. So then even from such a young age, she was such a rule follower. Like, yes. you know, we, we, you know, whereas my son, he was into it. And there was cake everywhere. And, and it was just, you know, like, this is fun. Um, but it's just nature versus nurture and different personalities. Like from a very young age, no, yes. I'm not available for this. Whereas my son's like, yeah, this is going to be great. Let's do it. And I love that. It's like, yeah, let's do, let's do this thing differently. And it's just understanding. So everybody go out and meander, pause, and it will be so worth your time in so many ways because the discoveries you will make and the feelings that you will feel and the connections with self and others, it's just, it's just incredible. Mm. Oh my God, Suzanne, can you please tell people how they can connect with you? Certainly. So the best place to find me is my website. So it's SuzanneKolberg.com, S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-C-U-L-B-E-R-G. Um, there's a link there to my book, to my newsletter. I tend to send something once a week uh, that I don't publish anywhere else. So I, I have a personal pet peeve of here's my newsletter. It's just a link to my blog. I'm like, well, I could just look at that. So <laughs> it's something mm -hmm. unique that I tend to write once a week. Um, I also have my own podcast and there's a link to that there. And um, yeah, I'd love it if you, and if anything you know resonates or whatever, feel free to send me an email. As I said, I don't do DMs. I have a deliberate um, choice in my time and I, I teach boundaries. So that's it. But I do love the old fashioned emailing and it will be me, not a bot. <laughs> <laughs> what a concept. Oh my gosh, Suzanne, thank you so much for spending this hour and just hanging out with us. Um, but before we actually say our goodbyes, is there anything else that's kind of top of mind where you're like, oh, I wanted to say that or any last shares before we say goodbye? I think in terms of creativity in whatever it is that you're pursuing, just words that I tend to live by is your best gets better. Because I know sometimes we hold ourselves back. It's like, I can't do this until I have this certification or until I've practiced how many times or until I've, you know, and I know for me, I wanted to put a book out for so long and I was like, oh no. And now I'm just like, look, you know, the imperfect book written and published trumps the perfect book that I put out. So mm -hmm. every time that you do something, your best gets to get better. And the reason, fun fact, I should have said this one at the beginning, the reason my book's called The Beginning is Shit is because when I sat down to write it, I, I deliberately didn't allow myself to edit because I knew I'd just re-edit and edit and edit and never write the whole thing. So I sat down and wrote it from beginning to end. It took a long time, but I never read it back. 
And then when I finished the final part of the first draft and started reading again, I was like, wow, the beginning is shit. As in my mm-hmm. writing got better as I went along. And mm-hmm. so it's like whatever it is that you're creating or wanting to create, allow yourself to be where you are and know that you'll get better at it as you go along. Did you leave it alone when you went back to look at it or did you change it? Um, I, I edited it as in like I fleshed some things out. So basically I got about 10 friends to proofread it and like because obviously what made sense to me when other people were like well what did you mean by this like it was funny one person's like you kind of almost entirely left your husband out and I was like oh because not on purpose but it was a book about me mm-hmm. so everybody else is a side character so, she, right. so I was like I added in some bit a little bit more about like how we met and stuff that I hadn't put in the initial thing so mm-hmm. but I didn't edit large sections of it it was just kind of tidying okay. it up or things that were loose ends that didn't go anywhere I might have dropped that out Okay. But like when we're writing, because it's different with a memoir because it's your recollection. But, you know, sometimes things that make sense to us, when other people read them, they were like, what mm. is this or whatever. So I tidied, but I didn't um, change large bits. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because you could, there could be, you could go back and be like, this is shit. And then re- oh, no, I left re- it. revamp like, I it. Write it. No, no, no. But no. you left it. And then, yeah. and then I laughed because Good. what do you do when you have a book? You give away the first two chapters generally. And you can get that <laughs> website also too i should say that doesn't sign you up for my newsletter list i believe in marketing consent so if you just want the two chapters that's all you get but i'm like the part i've given away is the bit that's the shittest (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny oh my gosh so everybody with curiosity and with just wanting to be part of suzanne's world you need to go to her website, which I did put um, for the people that are here with us live. It's in the chat, um, but it will obviously be attached to all the show notes. So um, again, Suzanne, I'm going to leave us with a magic spell sound. Here we go. Oh, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Again, I said this before, but now it's the official end. Um, I so appreciate you taking this hour and it being now 7 a.m. for you. Uh, I just really appreciated getting to know you. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Hollis. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. And everybody who's been with us here live, we appreciate you. You could be doing anything with your hour and we so appreciate you spending it with us and those catching the replay as well, of course. This space is all about inspiring each other, sharing stories and creating connections. So please like, follow, share, all of that good stuff because I believe we've always needed this, but I think we need it now more than ever. So wherever you are listening in the world, I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good evening, and we'll be chatting again soon. So goodbye, everybody. Bye. Feeling inspired? Let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. (laughs) Let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like it's all part of the process the self-awareness feels so good you feel more connection to yourself connection to others and huh be a happier more joyful person just imagine that so you are where you are in the process so you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace or you can dive right in here at I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, we meet you where you are. So there are so many ways to check us out. Explore our experiential kits. They have everything in them that you need to try new things. You don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore. 
There's Creative Shui, which is seven elements to join happiness. Through the Publishing House, Express Yourself Publishing, multi-author books, coffee books, solo book opportunities. It is all about expression, all about it. And it's, again, just trying these things and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't. We are not made for boxes. <laughs> there is also my TV show, I Am Creative. Check it out. The links are all in the body of this podcast. You can just click the link. And you know what? Don't say, oh, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Life's too short. Just click it. See what it's about. There is honestly no judgment. It's all about exploring the possibilities, expressing yourself, and expanding your thinking. I will give you the website, which is IamCreativePhilly.com. So I am creative Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story because we all have one.